and welcome back to Power and Consequence. We are your hosts. I am Matthew. And I am Anna. And this is a podcast where we break down public figures and all the ways they mislead their followers for profit and power. I mean, there's no other real reason to mislead your followers. I mean, not that I can think of. Well, I mean, you know, they're Jim Jones. Anyway, not calling them cultists just yet. So, uh, let's see. We're a couple of weeks in. This is episode number three. And uh, let's see. No secret police yet. No book burnings. No one coming for my guns because they took Andy Biggs's guns. Dan Bongino's still on Rumble. Still begging for parlor followers. And the world is still awful. But we're still here. Hey. There was the Bernie Sanders meme. Oh, and yes. And there was Reddit who handed Wall Street its ass. Oh, my God. And I love that. We're not going to dig into this because it's not that kind of podcast. But just is it not wonderful that Wall Street billionaires and millionaires are crying foul because the Internet kids outdid them at their own game, basically? I love it. Oh, God. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Robin Hood Robinhood trading, Robinhood traders, something yeah, like that. Yeah, specifically GameStop. Yes. AMC is also, I guess, like number two, but and GameStop t- is and, the big thing and going Tootsie around Roll. right now. Tootsie Roll has is its own stock. I, yeah, uh, I thought it was like part of a, the Mars Corporation or something. I just assumed that all of the candy is owned by one company now. What, Willy Wonka? Well, Did, I think it would be Mars. Willy yeah. Wonka would short sell GameStop. He seems like an evil person. Hey, you know? he puts golden tickets into candy bars yeah to lure children in to turn them into candy and eat them or something according to the book right not the movie well if you're going by the movie the true villain is the grandfather because he's just in bed the whole time and can't work and then all of a sudden his grandson earns a free trip to a candy factory and suddenly he's on board i like it i like it that was his call to action that that's the rumor on the internet well, if it's on the internet, it can't lie. Just like how Daniel-san is the true villain. Oh, Karate Kid. That, <laughs> yeah. They took an internet joke and turned it into a show. Which I love is it. surprisingly good. Surprisingly Homer good Kai show. is really good. So, we're going to get right into it. Speaking of calls to action, like Charlie's grandfather getting out of uh, bed, uh, we're going to be talking about one particular call to action from one person who's been oppressed for far too long. Yeah, straight white men. Well, one uh, one ostensibly straight white man, Senator Josh Hawley, the uh, senator from Missouri, who kind of opened the floodgates of senators to object to the Electoral College tabulation on January sixth, an event that should have been a not event, but he turned it into something that maybe turned it into an insurrection. So Hawley, understandably, uh, is just getting slammed from all sides. His book deal got pulled sort of by Simon and Schuster, even though it's going to get published anyway, and then distributed by Simon and Schuster. We talked about that on their previous episode, right? Oh yeah. 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 So Holly's taking it from all sides. People are calling for his removal. His people are calling for him to resign all kinds of things. And he, I mean, when your mentor says that you are his biggest mistake, kind of says something it says a lot and he says a lot he, he could just you know be cool about this in the way that most like uh powerful white men can be cool about it which is just sort of ride this out you know and either retire and still be wealthy somehow or just wait for the next news cycle but not josh holly josh holly decided he was going to write an op-ed and it was going to be printed on the front page of the new york post 
which is uh, owned by Rupert Murdoch, by the way, who also owns Fox News. I have heard of this, but I did not read the letter because, frankly, I already know what it says. Mm, you probably do, but actually breaking it down is kind of fun. So that's what we're going to do today. So I will prepare my tiniest violin. <laughs> you have to uh, re restring it. So, yeah, Holly wrote an opinion piece. It showed up on the front page of the New York Post. It was, I believe, originally published on January 24th, titled... It's time to stand up against the muzzling of America. There's a in, there's a picture of somebody with duct tape over their mouths. Right? Oh, really? I'm, I thought they were going to go all out and do like a bald eagle with like a cage muzzle on its beak. Or, or like a ball gag, you know? No, that's too sexual. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you didn't read it. I read it. It's not that long, but it, it's some interesting fictional... Um, reading you're saying that he has a career writing fiction yeah i mean if you want to write like you know ultra right wing polemic fanfic about yourself then yeah he could do that what did you call it patriot porn yeah basically <laughs> so holly is warning about the coming tyranny of quote big tech in the form of cancel culture and he uses himself as you know a high profile example of this oh and this was is this a part of his book? Did he just take part of his book and then call it an op-ed? It, it, um, he does mention the irony that his book is talking about these, these you know, mentions these talking points and that it is now happening to him. So, yeah, I'm sure that it, it's probably a paraphrase. Well, you mm. know, I don't know that for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if this op-ed was a paraphrase or a distillation of pretty much his book. So maybe you don't have to buy his book. He just did it. So You already know. Boom, there you go. Don't buy his book. Just read his op-ed. He starts with talking about the communist Chinese social credit score system, and he draws an, an equivalence between that system, which isn't technically online yet in the way he's saying it is, and uh, his current hardships. You're familiar with the social credit score system somewhat? Yes. For those who don't know, it's China's way of creating a their version of a credit score, but it involves... Uh, there's a lot of pilot programs and there's no national system for individuals just yet. There are systems sponsored by the government that have more to do with businesses specifically. Like they use pressure and these types of things to get businesses to sort of adhere to the will of Chinese policy, which is obviously problematic. But Holly is trying to say that what's happening to him is, is like the same thing. So basically, if you want to know about the social score Watch the community episode about Meow Meow Beans. That's a great one. That's an excellent There you one. go. See, we can turn to community for all things. So uh, just a quote from Holly uh, regarding the, his, you know, the, chi uh, quote, communist Chinese social credit score system. Oh, yeah. You can't just call it Chinese. No, no, no. They have That's to be, not scary enough. No, you don't. Well, you don't dehumanize them enough. They have to be communists, you know. Quote, like the old-fashioned kind of credit score. Your social credit score requires a lot of maintenance. You'll need to get good grades in school and stay out of trouble with the law, but that's just the start. You have to earn your right to live in polite society these days. So if you want to get a good job, stay at hotels, and be served at restaurants, you'll need to do a few other things. You'll need to voice the right opinions. You'll need to endorse the right ideas. You will need to conform. That's what the corporate chieftains tell us anyway. So I'd I'm already exhausted. Well, okay, also... I, I love that he's invoking the image of staying at hotels and being served in restaurants and do, you, you know, 
and you know if you want those things you need to voice the right opinion he he's kind of a glossing over a large part of american history where it didn't matter what you said but you couldn't stay in certain restaurants or you couldn't eat at certain restaurants or stay in certain hotels if you didn't look like josh holly yeah <laughs> remember counter sit-ins yeah but you know that but that means fuck all to him because he's under attack him again the ostensibly cis male hetero who is Ivy League lawyer, right? Yeah, he was the um, he was the attorney general for the state of Missouri. I mean, this dude is awash in power, and he's only—I think he's only thirty-nine years old. What, uh, is he what? married? Yes, he is married. That huh. comes up. So that's Holly. Holly's got this greed and all this stuff, and you know it. And it's funny because he's talking about being censored and muzzled and all that stuff, but he reiterates this message um, on Fox News on multiple shows like he does it on Hannity he does it on Bartiromo uh he's on Fox and Friends all this stuff so this is him on uh Hannity I think day of or the day after this op-ed was uh was printed yeah now we've got uh, big tech and the big corporations Sean I should mention this is him reiterating like you know his victimhood under this supposed social score equivalence and league with the left and what they're basically saying is listen if you don't hold the right opinions then you're not going to be able to be on social media. You're not going to be able to, to get a job, maybe. You're not going to be able to, to communicate. If you, if you have a small business, you're going to get boycotted. It is an unbelievable attempt by big business, big tech, and the left to try to censor all dissent, to try to shut down all opposition, to try to silence half of America. And while the Democrats talk about unity in Washington, they don't want unity. What they want is total control and these big corporations are, are right there with them trying to achieve it. And Sean, we've got to stand up and say, we will not bow down to the mob. Okay. Hmm, that's funny, because the mob I'm thinking of stormed the Capitol several weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't need, you know, they used parlor, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And also, what's this we shit? I, you know. I... No, it's an appeal to the lower classes, if you will. Because I'm one of you. You and I are the same. It's it's a tale as old as time. As far as like wealth and power goes, this guy might as well be like one of the old aristocracy. You know, like this dude, like we were saying, this dude's got inscrutable power. Also, he's on national TV and being watched by millions. He, his op-ed is on the cover of the the New York Post. So it's like, how are you trying to sell me one that I'm like you, that my, you know, my money or my livelihood is dependent on the stuff you do, right? And two, I'm somehow under attack. You know what I mean? Well, also, it also proves that he's having no problem getting his speech out. Yeah, none at all. But I mean, that doesn't stop. That doesn't stop him. So Holly continues. I guess it's just the irony of all of this. Uh, he's having no problem getting his speech out. Oh, yeah. No, a absolutely. And, you know, they, they reiterate that when Holly's on Hannity. They they just eggy. They're riffing off each other for the rest of the interview. You know how Hannity can be. Um, Millionaires funded by billionaires. Yeah, yeah. And Holly, he just... He he moves on talking about you know not bowing down to the mob. He's using using a handy special. You know, handy likes to use the term mob a lot. Yeah, the media mob. I swear that he has mob tattooed somewhere on his body. I believe it. It's like or mob with like a a, a red circle and a cross through it. Yeah, you know, 
the Harry Potter quill that writes with your own ink. <laughs> exactly. You just have to write it again and again. Oh, God. Yeah, that that's Holly. He he goes on in his little op-ed. He's, he keeps going. He's talking about mm, the ways that, quote, conservatives have defended themselves against progressive ideas. This, is, this one, again, I like, too. Uh, quote, for some time, conservatives, recognizing we're now the counterculture, indulged in the delusion that we could opt out of all of this, all of this being like, like progressiveness. Oh, uh, getting back to it. Hold on. We'd send our kids to schools that don't teach all the woke stuff. We'd make our friends at church, not at work, and take comfort that trust and openness were still possible in communities of shared purpose. We'd vote our conscience because the ballot box was something no election could take from us. There's so many dog whistles in that. Oh my God. Holy shit. So let's start with... Calling conservatives counterculture? Yeah. Yeah. The 70s weren't that long ago, man. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. I mean, we weren't alive for the 70s, but admittedly, neither was Holly. Oh, that's true. Right? He was born... If he's he's 39, he was born in like 80. Yeah. That... That's stupid. But then also this part, you know, that they would send their kids to schools that don't teach all the woke stuff. You know, it's like, what do you mean by schools that don't teach the woke stuff? What do you mean by our kids? You know what I mean? Daughters of the Confederacy. Oh, God. I mean, is he talking about private schools? You know, I I don't know what he's getting at there. He's teaching. He's talking about um, to me. This sounds like the 1776 project. Oh, the commi- yeah, the 1776 commission, the one that was like in part maybe plagiarized or at least not original work. Yeah. I would wasn't it like 70% of it no, was No, no, just- no, no. I think it was like tw- Actually, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Good question. I will check in on that. I want to say lower than 70%, but it was definitely not all original work. Definitely was not. It was the um, Trump administration's response to the 1619 project. Which, you know, obviously needed a response of some kind. And let's not forget that, you know, Charlie Kirk was involved in that stuff. Just a scion of truth and unbiased uh, historical perspective. Kind of like Holly, who, again, is saying all these things about making friends at church, not at work. And, oh, no, you know, the ballot box was something no election could take from us. Again, glossing over the history of the United States where, you know, anyone who didn't look like him and didn't own land like him didn't get to vote. And then later on, you know, there were voter ID laws and all this nonsense, not to mention, you know, the Ku Klux Klan using violence and intimidation on people. Literacy requirements. Thank you. But but not applied to somebody who looked like him. Never someone who looked like him. He's a U.S. senator. He was an attorney general. He is a landed white male. You know, yeah, women can. It was a hundred years ago that that white women could vote. Mm -hmm. Yep, I I, I guess you know for Holly, that's that's not important. Ancient history. Yeah. God, why are you still so upset about that, dude? This guy clerked for Justice Roberts. How does he not understand? Anyway, so I I'm I'm getting I'm getting too far down the rabbit hole. I know he knows. No, he knows what's gonna get him more money. He knows what's going to sell his book. All of this is just because he feels slighted that he's not going to make all the money from his book he feels he deserves. And this is a strategy then to make sure he gets the money that he thinks he deserves. Because whether it's bulk purchases by people, you know, by conservative groups or, you know, individual purchases, he's still going to make money on this deal. You know, he just he just is. There's no getting around that. 
And Simon & Schuster will also make money on this deal because they're distributing. They're just not publishing, you know? So anyways, yeah, he, uh, Holly keeps making the rounds, you know, Fox News. He was their darling for a couple of days because of this op-ed. It got them a lot of attention. He was on uh, Bartiramo's show, Maria Bartiramo, about her. She's... She is she is what she is. Uh, I'm actually curious. Hmm. Was he paid to be on Fox News? Don't know. That's a great question. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a no because that is mutually beneficial. Like everyone knew that they were going to tune in for this and he knew he was going to get exposure. Yeah, I it's one of I have to routinely ask myself that question because I always forget that pundits are paid to be on um like to spew their whatever on news source like sites so i i have to ask myself that question a lot i don't know this for certain but i'm willing to bet there's a good chance that because holly is an elected official it would probably be a conflict of interest for fox to pay him oh no but then you can say that it's like i was giving a speech or something like that dude there's so many ways that elected officials can get around the, that it's possible and definitely that see i'm you know, that's going on the list too. I'm going to see if he's actually getting paid. My gut tells me no. My gut does too, but it's, I'm still curious. Okay. I'll, we will. I'll, if that was, if that's at all something that would even be disclosed. I, I, I feel like somebody would have to disclose it, but either way he's on Bartiramo and he keeps going with his victimology narrative and, and Bartiramo really kind of plays it up for him the way only she can. It's unbelievable, really, what what is taking place. I mean, it, it, it does feel like communist China. And the media is driving the bus on all of that. Your wife and your baby were threatened. Democrats demanding your expulsion from the Senate, wanting to add you to the FBI's no-fly list. I mean, it just keeps going on. You lost donors. You lost the book deal. What do you believe is at the root of all of this? He didn't lose the book deal. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he did he, not lose the book deal. Right. I mean, technically, Simon and Schuster said we won't publish it, but they're not. Wink, wink. Yeah, but they're not <laughs> going to object to distributing it. Regnery immediately picked that up. I mean, it, it was a matter of days, maybe a week before it turned out that Josh Hawley was going to get his book published regardless. Number one. Number two. So just with with all that in mind, she she throws a lot out there in a few seconds with regard to people calling for him being removed from the Senate. That is true. People are other, you know, Democratic colleagues are calling for that. that it's never going to happen because Republicans are already backing down from even slapping Trump on the wrist about this nonsense. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. And also removing a member of Congress is no simple thing. Nor no, it's not. Nor should it be. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, there's good reasons it shouldn't be. So it's and it's actually very rare that Congress actually does remove a member. Well, and, you know, it kind of makes me think of like a perverted sort of inverse version of pastor niemoller's poem you know first they came for the trade unionists yeah except you know that first they came from my powerful colleague now they're going to call come from my powerful ass next you mean there are consequences to my actions not freaking likely i mean no the, the of insurrec- course there's not no the insurrection was almost a month ago you know and and here we stand i mean people are getting charged with trespassing and stuff like that a few people getting charged with some more serious felonies but no lawmaker i know of that would probably make the news and again i'm not saying you should just throw anything at the wall and see if it sticks if there's evidence then you should but i just it's unlikely so yeah 
With regard to something else Bartiromo said, though, she's talking about his uh, Holly's wife and child were threatened. Did you hear about that one? No. Okay, so what she's likely referring to is a tweet that was sent out uh, by Holly on, let's see, I believe it was January 4th, right, where he said he claims that, quote, Antifa scumbags threatened his wife and daughter, tried to pound down their door, and committed vandalism. Oh, my God, I... I knew it was something about the house. This yeah. reminds me of Ted Cruz. No, it wasn't Ted Cruz. Who was it? it? It was um Tucker Carlson. What What about Tucker Carlson? What, this was I, like a year and a half, two years ago? Uh, enlighten me. I don't know that story. He, oh, no, wait. Or was it Ben Shapiro? It was one of those guys who was claiming that, like, um, because there were protesters outside of their house that their family was in danger. Oh, oh. Got it. Okay. I'll check that out. I wasn't aware of that, but I, I find that plausible that he would make that I claim. think it was Tucker Carlson because I think he went on air after that and was just like... <gasps> Gasp. Yeah. Got it. Well, Holly, you know, he, he characterizes it like there was a real threat to his wife and daughter. And he was immediately called out because uh, the group that did this, they're called Shutdown DC. The reason I know that they're called Shutdown DC is they took a one-hour video of their prep approach and exit from the scene and put it on their own website. Um, so they're, first of all, Antifa, th- you know, scumbags, that whole thing. No, it's, just no. He's just connecting it to the larger QAnon conspiracy Antifa is the new communist, okay? So they're going to say that all the time to scare people. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll include a, um, a link to Shutdown DC's website in the episode notes. They post the whole video. They And, you know, here's the funny part. In the video, you can see them. You know, they're, they're standing on the sidewalk. At one point, a couple of them do approach the door, and they claim that it was to leave a copy of the Constitution on the door. I personally... Me personally, I don't agree with all of Shutdown DC's tactics. Uh, they've done things like, you know, creating gridlock in DC in the name of drawing attention to climate change. That was a big one they did in 2019. Oh, so they're more left leaning? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, they are. No no question about that. But in the oh video. Oh, my God. I can't believe that I just said, oh, because they're doing any sort of action on climate change, they're from the left. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's probably oh true. <laughs> but in the video. Shutdown DC isn't doing anything like what Holly's characterizing. Uh, no, and I think um, when protesters were outside of Tucker Carlson's home, I think they approached the door once to like put something in the mailbox and then left, or like knocked on the door or something. They weren't. There wasn't like a battering ram. They weren't breaking windows or anything like that. Oh, okay. Uh, did yeah. you just look it up? Yeah. So Washington Post reported in November eighth, twenty eighteen. Headline reads, "Oh." See, they were threatening me and my family. Tucker Carlson's home targeted by protesters. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. So we can add that in the oh yeah in no, the notes. Below. Yeah, I will put that in. But yeah, so that again, I haven't read that story in a long time. From my recollection, it was peaceful, and his family was not overtly threatened. Oh, if there was ever any type of criminal charges brought, you know, you'd never hear the end of it from Tucker Carlson. You know, he'd use that to sort of 
turn himself into like some type of like political martyr. Again, this was also two years ago. Yeah. So. And that's kind of what Holly is doing here. But, you know, I, I don't know why he thought he could get away with something like that. He either, and admittedly, he did people it. aren't going to check. Well, see, that's the other thing is that in the video, the, the police, the local police are there observing the whole thing. And, you bet your ass they are. And the fact that, as far as I can tell, no arrests were made and they didn't force them off of the public sidewalk where they drew on the sidewalk with chalk in their well, opposition. Well, that's a threat. Apparently it Didn't is. You know? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what he means by vandalism, is leaving a copy of the Constitution at the door and sidewalk chalk, but whatever. So, yeah, so that's nonsense. So if he he's either willfully lying, again, Holly's either lying, or he's too stupid to realize what's really going on. So He's lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely probable that he is lying. So, yeah, regarding the no-fly list, Bartiromo talks about that. So he's saying, you know, they want you on the no-fly list. She might be referring to um, Senator Schumer, who called for rioters who entered the Capitol on January 6th to be placed on the no-fly list. There was an article on it in The Intercept, um, where... Pretty much the bulk of that article is discussing how that would be a very bad idea because the no-fly list is an inefficient, inaccurate system. Yeah. In my limited experience, I happen to agree. There's so many articles about like people having the same name as someone else and not being able to fly. Like a baby couldn't fly because they were considered like, quote, a terrorist because they shared the same name as yeah. someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a terrible system. Yeah. And no... I'm, I mean, I think that you could just have it if they do fly like their name gets flagged because I think that's kind of what they were going for is like not allowing them to fly domestically. But again, they can just get in a car. I, that one and two, I am, I, I or ride agree. a train or trains and so trains, trains and, train oh, or God, no, no planes, no but planes, trains, trains and automobiles. automobiles. Not yeah. as catchy of a title would not be a cinema classic, <laughs> uh, but I, I happen to agree that that's a bad idea generally it just because it can get out of control and then you can apply that to anyone you don't like because you know biden will not be president forever the democrats are going to lose power eventually and if you create you know kind of like they're gonna fuck this up somehow well yeah that and kind of like the domestic terrorism concept where it's just it's a bad idea because you can then you're creating a precedent where you can apply that to anyone and yeah, I don't like you. You're a terrorist. Exactly, which is funny because it's that kind of fear that Holly is trying to stoke with this thing and what Bartiromo is trying to say. But well, using... if January 6th proved anything, fear is a powerful motivator. The most powerful motivator. But in this case, probably unfounded because the only um, thing that I found regarding uh, Josh Holly being placed on some type of no-fly list, it was said, I think it's all based on something that was sort of said in passing. So Democratic Representative uh, Benny Thompson, who I believe he's on the Homeland Security Committee for the House, he might be the chair actually, um, he went on a show, the Joe Madison Show, which is on Sirius XM, and in the course of his interview, he uh, Thompson basically said that if a lawmaker were found liable for the riots, then they would be placed on a no-fly list because that's just how the law works. So Sirius posted the whole, that excerpt uh, on their website. Again, we'll link that in the notes, but this is the part that's relevant to us. Now, here's a question. This is uh, Joe Madison asking Representative Thompson. These folk are found liable. Should they be on a no-fly list? Well, there's no question about it. You know, there's, there's no exemption for being... Uh, put on the no-fly list. Uh, there's, there's even 
a member of Congress that commits a crime, uh, uh, you know, they expel uh, uh, from the body. Uh, yeah, that that little ding that was there there on their end. Someone's <laughs> phone was going off, not yours. We all look at our phones. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that as far as I can tell, the 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 subsequent news arc uh, coverage about you know Holly being and others being potentially on no fly list. I believe that followed this um, interview of representative Thompson. That's the only thing that I've seen so far. And it was like an in passing hypothetical question and answer session on the Joe Madison show. Wow. They're so, really reaching. Yeah. So that that's as far as the no fly list, that's all it is. But you know, Bartiramo can't be bothered with the facts, but well, the facts aren't as scary as my version of the facts. That's true. Your alternative facts scare the shit out of people and get ratings. So of course, now we have uh, Holly's response to um, you know Bartiromo's fear-mongering question. To try and silence all opposition. You know, they talk about unity now. Joe Biden talks about unity. They don't want unity. They want control. They want total and complete control, and they want to eliminate all opposition. They want to shut it down, silence anybody, any speech that they don't agree with. And Maria, we've just got to stand up and say no to that. I mean, the, the First Amendment is, a, is something that all Americans believe in. It's where we've got to take our stand. And those of us who have voices have to be strong and stand up and speak and say, we're not going to bow down to the mob. This is about American democracy, the right of free speech. And I can tell you, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not it. going to be silenced. And I'm not going to back down. <laughs> oh, I so wanted to play the song right and, after that. And we're not yeah. doing copyright. Yeah. <laughs> we can't afford that yet. So. Oh my God. You know what I was expecting him to say? What? I didn't come here to make friends. I came here to be number one. <laughs> I, yeah, that's so that's. You can splice so many beautiful things into that. And oh God! It, I really hope that someone, some beautiful person on the internet, goes and does well, that. Well, if I had Josh Holly book money, I could probably pay for the copyright. To, true, to that's use true. These clips. So, I mean, there you go. I'm I'm being suppressed in my need to use. I am uh, being suppressed yeah. in my First Amendment rights to troll Josh. Holly. <laughs> oh, Holly boy. So it goes on like that. Bartiromo kind of start, you know, they, they keep going. Bartiromo complains that she's lost like over 100,000 Twitter followers trying to figure out what's going on there. Not understanding. Yeah. So she, so Bartiromo mentions that she was like at like a, over a million Twitter followers and it dropped to like under 900,000 or at 900,000. That's kind of a lot of followers though. It is, but I, in the context of the conversation, I think what she's getting at is this is part of like, people who or who once approved of her are now going along with what Holly calls the woke mob and now they're unfollowing her. I think it's more likely that the most hardcore people that followed her went to parlor. That's what I think is going on. Oh. You see because it's not like people who were like centrist or center right or center left was following Maria Bartiromo if you actually like yeah. look at some of her interviews i mean she's practically just a trump tr uh, cheerleader i mean they're they're really bad david packman did great breakdowns on why she her skills as a journalist are pretty horrible but yeah so they that goes on like that and you know like i said he holly was on fox and friends i think he i think he went on tucker carlson again i'm not going to touch that did they both look confused they did like all the time and i <laughs> i have a lot to say about that but we're gonna we're gonna leave physical attributes alone <laughs> 
So yeah, it's not my fault. Literally every time he's on camera, he looks confused. And that that's true, and that is his brand. That little furrowing of the brow thing, like, and it, it's a very condescending. That and thing. he gives bow ties a bad name. Did bow ties have a good name? Like, it depends it, on who you ask. Like, were, were people short selling bow tie stock? Were they? <laughs> so, but you know who doesn't short sell bow tie stock? Is Josh Hawley because he's too busy being complaining about being censored. No, his broker does that for him. His broker does do that for him. His publicist does that for him. His his super PACs do that for him. So yeah. Um, but his free speech is threatened. It is. It is. And he talks about that in like like myriad ways in this stupid ass op ed of his. Um, he talk. Hawley talks about you know how the canceling of his events indicates quote two political parties are too much, uh, unquote, are too much for corporate America. <laughs> I'm sorry, calling any corporation woke. I, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's like incorporated entities out there that were created specifically to do something probably progressive. I'm sure that's true. But I'm not seeing how Facebook or Twitter or YouTube can be counted among them. Like YouTube and their algorithm, Google's algorithm, basically, you know, in a sense, created a Nazi machine, you know, because... Yeah. Of, so... To, unintentionally. Well, yeah, I, I will no, say unintentionally. No, 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 I mean, the goal... But they did know... They found out eventually. They did know because multiple people told them and they still didn't do anything about it. Right, because they want money. Kind of like Simon and Schuster's, like, we're going to do the bare minimum to separate ourselves from... Josh Hawley because they're betting that most people won't do a couple of quick Google searches and figure out that they're still going to distribute them anyway. If you want a good YouTube video about woke brands, watch H Bomber Guy's video called Woke Brands. Woke Brands? Okay. Mm -hmm. Check it's that out. really good. Cool, cool, cool. That'll be I'm just going to plug like left tube just, just, videos. Just throw them all <laughs> out there. In case anyone was wondering about our political philosophies on things, you, we're, we're making it as clear as we can. Yeah. So yeah, um, he, Holly just goes on through his op-ed and he, he, it's not even implying, he outright uses the word leftist, you know, or, or left wing or something like that. And the he's, left. And he's saying that these, you know, people who are politically left wing in an alliance with woke capitalists are responsible for his victimhood. Sorry, woke capitalists. Yeah, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason why they purport to have those values is for money. Oh yeah, because money. They but, did a calculation, was like, you know what? People like it when we say racism is bad. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, and also on the face of it, that, that characterization of his problems, his deserved problems, are bullshit because he's making it seem like this is only coming from left wingers. And as you pointed out, his former mentor, former uh, or his I guess former mentor also works, former GOP senator John Danforth, he denounced Holly for this bullshit, his old protege, before the insurrection even happened. He denounced him just on the basis of him objecting. Uh, or his announcement to object, um, according to an article in the Kansas City Star, which was posted on January 4th, uh, regarding, you know, just Holly's decision to open the floodgates for to. For I didn't know bullshit. he did it before January 6th. Dude, so, that guy is smart. Yeah, January 4th. I mean, John Danforth, I don't know what his deal is. I know he was a... I'm just saying... Like, again, I probably don't agree with anything he says probably or not. does. He's old, he's old school GOP. Yeah. Okay. Well, then the answer is no. I think he's like but, Reagan level GOP. Oh, well, then stuff. seriously, no. But still, like, acknowledging that there was no 
voter fraud and that this was a real election like that gets you like the bare minimum and that's of, really and that's really sad for me that's 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 our you, bar. you get a couple of slow claps okay <laughs> yeah well then get ready to slow clap again because this is from that kansas city star article again posted on january 4th before the insurrection quote at a time of extreme polarization the populist strategy is to drive america even farther apart by promoting conspiracy theories and stoking grievances we must reject this strategy and reclaim america's historic purpose of holding our uh, diverse nation together as one people danforth said now i'm i can agree with him on basic you know historical and policy grounds in what he thinks about whole you know reclaiming america's historic purpose but that's a conversation we can have where neither of us is going to inspire thousands of people to storm the fucking capital. Exactly. And which is kind of what he kind of what you were saying. This guy gets the bare minimum slow clap because he, at least he acknowledges what's going on and he didn't need an insurrection to do it. We should we should have that be a thing like Mitt Romney like <laughs> you can't the oh, you slow get the, motion you, clap you, of respect. Oh, you get the Mitt Romney? Is that what it is? <laughs> So, so minimum, minimum respect for GOP is the Mitt Romney, yeah. the Mitt Romney award. Again, I can't believe that these fuckers have had me like, have got me to say that I, I kind of like, again, bare minimum respect Mitt Romney, because I remember in 2012 when he said that his campaign wasn't going to be dictated by facts and that like made him dead to me forever. I was like, you sir are dead to me. I remembered the exact time that I heard it, and I was like, this man is ridiculous. Little did I know that that was just going to become the world. Yeah, and then three days later, his resurrection as a reasonable voice in the GOP, right? Relatively reasonable. So, Being like, hey, guys, insurrection is bad. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, you should check out the video of him behind Holly when Holly's making his objection speech after the riot happens like this i thought romney was trying to shoot lasers from his eyes and kill holly it, he's it, a mormon man i well uh, then he doesn't even have like then caffeine free lasers from his eyes i don't i don't know i was gonna <laughs> say he can't drink afterwards yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, can, he can play Mon he can play monopoly you know or something like that so yeah so danforth actually didn't let up after the insurrection you might think that you know oh i'm going to separate myself from this because he helped um, he, he was kind of a public face in getting Holly elected to his Senate seat. You know, I mean, he, he met him, apparently he met him early on, like I think law school days and things like that, and truly did mentor him, tried to groom him into not what he became. And, you know, so, well, being reasonable doesn't win elections anymore. Well, I mean, it does, but not if you want to get elected for a certain purpose. I mean, Holly is basically was banking that, Trump nationalism and hawkish policies towards, you know, like, you know, China, for example, was going to just be the GOP forever. And he may not be wrong, but that's what he's. No. And also the Biden administration is taking a really hard line with China, too. Yeah. And it, it worries me because it makes me think of the mid 90s where the only people tougher on crime than the Republicans were the fucking Democrats. Yeah. And that's just because they wanted to win votes. Yeah. Because power and money. Yep. Whatever. So Danforth kept up. Um, he gave an interview with Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC uh, on January 25th, right? So Oh, so the fairly dust, recently. Yeah, yeah. so the, du the dust has settled now, right? And, and, you know, in the cold light of morning, uh, O'Donnell's asking Danforth, you know, what he thought, first of all, when he heard that uh, 
you know, uh, his old protege, Holly, was going to object in the first place. So, and this is what Danforth had to say, in part. That he had created an event and that the event was not going to uh, turn out well. I was very disappointed. I think that the, the key to this, Lawrence, is that while he says that all he was doing was exercising his right to speak, that was not really the case. He was creating an event. He was doing by his action, he was creating a time and a place that would be the focal point for what turned out to be the darkest day in American history, or at least one of the darkest days in American history. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what Danforth had to say about him. And, you know, and Danforth goes on, you know, he, he asks him, he responds to the idea that Holly's saying that he's under attack because he objected to the Pennsylvania election results, right? Because that's that's Holly's big talking point right now, is that that's all he did. He says, Holly says this in his op-ed, that that's why he's under attack, right? So he, you know, Danforth has an opinion on that one too. I love, so, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I love that, you know, people are, that Republicans are rejecting all of these votes and they're trying to disenfranchise a huge voting block. I mean, I can just imagine if people kept telling me that my vote was fraudulent, I'd be pissed, that in part- especially people who weren't even like in my state. Yeah. And you remember that, uh, the thing about on January 4th, where people were protesting in front of his house, right? Or his house that's closer to DC. That was a main thrust of their message, which is you are disenfranchising other people with your bullshit. So, you know, obviously we're not, every vote for me is legal and valid. Every vote that's not for me is an illegal immigrant vote and therefore didn't count. (laughs) well or something yeah yeah that's no that's that's i would agree with you that's pretty much i mean in effect that's what they're saying you know but and danforth thinks that pretty much what oh i'm sorry an antifa illegal immigrant yes there we go an antifa black block communist vote something that was (laughs) on a that came in from ballots that were shipped from north korea on a boat to maine Please I, tell me that's not a real. That's thing. a well. That's a real conspiracy theory, but that's beyond our scope. That's God. yeah, but th- that's real. Yeah. So Danforth, he he basically calls out his old protege for saying that you know oh he was he he's defending himself saying that he's under attack for objecting to Pennsylvania, but in fact he didn't even really bring that up. Well, he said, well, this is my only chance to speak, and I've got to speak out, and I've got to represent my constituents. It really wasn't true. A senator can speak at any time on any issue. And uh, in fact, when the, when the actual proceeding occurred on the floor of the Senate and Pennsylvania came around and he was the sole objector to Pennsylvania, he didn't say a word. He, didn't, he not only didn't debate, he remained in his seat. So the idea that, that people are now criticizing him for exercising his right to speak is just absolutely wrong. He created a situation, and uh, without him, the situation wouldn't have happened. So there you go. And I, so I took a look on C-SPAN. There is a clip that says, you know, uh, debate on Pennsylvania objection. And literally all it is is Pence gets up and asks uh, McConnell. It's like, you know, open for debate. And McConnell's just like, basically, in effect, says, no, no debate. 
They're like, okay, cool. We reject it. Yeah. Or they went and did the vote. And I think it was like 93 to seven or something like that. So yeah, I mean, and, and Danforth. So he specifically names Pennsylvania in this op-ed. So quote from Holly's op-ed. They tried to reprimand me this month because I didn't, I didn't like, you know, adhere to their yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of the voters of my state, which is, um, which is Missouri, by the way. Yeah. I raised a challenge to the presidential electors from Pennsylvania after that state conducted the election in violation of the state constitution. Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't. But whatever, oh, I definitely don't. <laughs> but whatever your view, corporate America's rush to, uh, rush to cancel those it dislikes should trouble you. So he's it's a forced, uh, forced juxtaposition between supposed corporate cancel culture and him uh, objecting to the selection of electors in the state of Pennsylvania, saying that it's in, you know, it's in contravention to their own uh, state um, laws. So to their state constitution. So he it's true. He didn't get up and actually debate the finer points of Pennsylvania. He just, he sat down. Um, I will link that video in the show notes as well. And, and but he did mention uh, Pennsylvania in passing in a clip on C-SPAN labeled uh, Arizona objection. He's giving like a speech and keep in mind, this is after um, the insurrection has happened and there's dry blood on the floor. Just keep that in mind. This is Holly. As an example of why people are concerned millions of Americans concerned about our election integrity. The state of Pennsylvania, quite apart from allegations of any fraud, you have a state constitution that has been interpreted for over a century to say that there is no mail-in balloting permitted except for in very narrow circumstances that's also provided for in the law. And yet, last year, Pennsylvania elected officials passed a whole new law that allows universal mail-in balloting and did it irregardless of what the Pennsylvania Constitution said. Also, isn't irregardless not a word? Uh, I, isn't I, it just regardless? I think probably, but that's the, that's the least of his worries because Holly said I can some, still ding him for that. Hell yeah. But Holly, in addition to having shitty grammar and syntax, he, uh, well, actually, he's actually pretty but well. I went to an Ivy League. Actually, to be fair to Holly, he actually is quite well-spoken and eloquent. That's part of what makes him so dangerous. But he... <laughs> Holly's referring to Act 77, okay? And it wasn't passed last year as in 2020. It was passed in October of 2019, before COVID was a thing, right? And it, it had bipartisan support. And most of the yes votes, by the way, came from the GOP um, electors in that state. And with regard to the Pennsylvania con uh, Constitution, what he's talking about is that there was a Supreme Court case in Pennsylvania in 1924, basically deciding against absentee ballots. Now, the state of Pennsylvania later amended that constitution after World War II saying that types, and they, they allowed absentee ballots, and they listed types of absentee ballots and uh, that were allowed, but mail-in ballots weren't listed. The thing of it is, is that the constitution, while it didn't explicitly list mail-in ballots in the amendment, it also doesn't explicitly say you can't do mail-in ballots. So with that in mind... So this is seriously just BS. Well, the idea was that Pennsylvania was trying to move forward in, in their absentee voting system to be like states like Ohio or Florida, states that have been doing this for quite a while. Oregon, California as well. Yeah, exactly. That's all they were trying to do. It had bipartisan support. It had more support from the GOP who got concessions out of this, right? Because they wanted other things. And again, it was passed in October 2019. So 
his he he's presenting it like this is something that you know was was created specifically for the pandemic like some other law changes but in of all the states pennsylvania's law that's not how that happened and you'd figure as a guy who used to clerk for justice roberts he should at least have enough due diligence to know that so either he's that bad at his job or he's, he's lying or or he's lying once oh, again by the way i did look it up um apparently this is according to npr Miriam Webster defines irregardless as non-standard, but meaning the same as regardless. Many people find irregardless to be a nonsensical word, as the IR prefix usually functions to indicate negation. However, in this case, it appears to function as an intensifier, the dictionary writes. Okay, so technically I wasn't totally right, according <laughs> to Miriam Webster. Taking a break from our usual programming. It's still a dumb word. Just say regardless. Yeah, he, well, Holly sucks for a lot of reasons. I'm going to add that one to the list. So, yeah, Holly Holly talks about the, the Constitution in a way that's probably intentionally misleading. And he also talks about how it's unfair or, or not okay that the, you know, the Pennsylvania courts already threw out um, an objection based on what he's talking about. And then when Pennsylvania citizens tried to go and be heard on this subject before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, they were dismissed on grounds of procedure, timeliness, in violation of that Supreme Court's own precedent. So the merits of the case have never been heard. The constitutionality of the statute actually has never been defended. I'm not aware of any court that has passed on its constitutionality. Actually, I'm not aware of anybody who's defended the constitutionality. And this was what, this was the statute that governed this last election in which there are over 2.5 million mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. This is my point. So he's talking about timeliness, first of all, right? Timeliness is a big part of lawsuits mm -hmm. for reasons that are all so obvious, you know, in our current situation or then current situation. You can't just let, you can't let things ride and, you know, a process plays out. And if it doesn't play out the way you want it to, now you sue and say that the law was not fair. When yeah. the court can show, or the court is shown, that you had ample time to object long before it inconvenienced you, right? Now, that's under just general, as far as I know, just that that's a general thing with lawsuits. But the other thing that's really funny is that Act 77 had a provision written into it specifically saying that if somebody wanted to object to that law when it was being created, which again is October 2019, uh, then they had 180 days to go six months to go ahead and challenge the law based on whatever legal grounds. And nobody did it. That's funny. Nobody gave a shit. So yeah, no. So yeah, uh, that, that was pretty much Holly on timeliness. Uh, he goes on, he, his op-ed just goes on. He incorrectly defines what a Karen is and tries to create it as a sympathetic character. Um, Oh, another great video about the Karen is the takes video about the history of the Karen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> history. All right. I'm going to add that to the list too. I like that. Holly probably hasn't watched it. Holly goes on, complains that Amazon shit can parlor service. He implies that it's because parlor is quote conservative. He doesn't name parlor, but it's clear what he's talking about from context. Uh, it can't be that they're, you know, aiding and abetting terrorists. Yeah. And he ends with a, Holly ends with a call to action. This is, this is the, uh, the end of his op-ed quote, the powerful see in the present moment, an opportunity to consolidate their control over society and to squelch dissent. 
That means those who believe in the First Amendment and the fundamental principles of American liberty must now take a stand while we still can. So he's doing this thing. He's using his his financial woes and he's making it everyone's problems. Kind of like Biggs is, you know, turning the, the yeah. magnetometer rule into everyone's Second Amendment rights. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's pretty much him. It, it's just, it's misdirection and misleading people from start to finish. And you're right. It's probably just advertisement for his book. And just real quick, I wanted to end with something else. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with the op-ed, but I want to re- include this real quick because I think this speaks to Holly, just who he is and why he's still politically viable and dangerous. So you remember the Bartiromo uh, clips? The thing? Yeah. So this this came at the end. This was his big ending um, of that. Big finish. Yeah. So Bartiromo asks him about uh, the Biden cabinet picks and like just, you know, sort of like what he's seeing from... Uh, policy in general and you know his response to where it's going this is what this is what uh holly had to say what do you say or see in terms of policy that we need to be aware of well what i see is a lot of very pro-corporate very pro endless wars the same old liberal globalism it's right back to the failed agenda of the obama biden years where we saw millions of jobs leave this country for china where we saw the working class wages go flat where we saw america lose its strength that's that's what we're seeing now it's right back to that it's back to the liberal globalist agenda selling out american workers and i'm not going to go along with it you know i i i've refused to vote for these nominees who i think are bad choices for these cabinet posts and i'm going to continue if, if I think that uh, these, these appointees are not going to actually stand up for America and American workers and protect our interests and keep us strong, I'm not voting for them. And it'll be my privilege to be in opposition and oppose their policies in the U.S. Senate. Yeah, so Holly does everything but say America first, you know, in, in that little, yeah, little speech. Yeah, I don't like it when the right wing says globalist. No, and, and well, that's one, right? And China is a big thing with him. Right. He gave a speech on May 20th last year calling on the U.S. to leave the World Trade Organization as a part of a bigger strategy to uh, combat the Chinese economic domination, which is like a regular talking point with him. He's kind of mirroring Trump in this regard. China. Yeah. And the millions of jobs he's talking about during the Obama-Biden administration. So according to an economic policy institute, which is a left-leaning think tank, but, you know, reputable nonetheless, uh, 3.7 million jobs have been lost since China entered the World Trade Organization in 2001. 1.7 million of those jobs were lost since 2008. But from 2001 to 2008, the Republicans were in charge in the form of George W. Bush. And that's when, right, and that's when 2 million of those jobs were lost. Also, according to uh, that post from EPI, 700,000 of those jobs were lost in the first two years of the Trump presidency. And I just... I think this is important to remember because Holly checks a lot of boxes that worry the shit out of me. Uh, he cl- Holly claims to represent an underserved blue-collar population. Uh, Holly believes that there is a political opposition that wants to silence independent thought in the form of conservative voices. Holly uh, is creating a feeling of victimhood around himself while simultaneously making himself a champion to stand up against that oppression. And he keeps reminding everyone that there's an external enemy to fear. This dude checks so many strongman boxes, you know? You're saying he's they're going to build him up as Trump 2.0? Well, so Holly is not politically dead in the water. So yes, I am. In fact, I think that was actually a uh, headline of an article I perused past. Oh. But, see, there's reports of a PAC called the Senate Conservative Fund, SCF for short. 
And recent, most recently, they've raised $700,000 uh, for a mailing slash texting campaign in support of Holly. This is after um, yeah, the insurrection. Of course. So, and they're basically parroting his thing as all he was doing was fighting for election integrity or some stupid shit. So the thing about the SCF, they've been around for a good while. Um, they've also endorsed Ted Cruz in 2018, <laughs> Andy Biggs and Paul Gosser in 2016, oh. and Dan Bongino in 2012. Ooh. So it's just like, I think I'm just going to go down the list of endorsements for for <laughs> for the Senate uh, Conservatives Fund, and we'll just keep doing episodes, because I've guessed right a few times already. So, yeah. Um, are we soothsayers? I guess we are. So yeah, that's, uh, that's Holly, and he scares the shit out of me. And as funny as it is that he's whining, he's not going to resign. He's no, st- he still has backing. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I fear what comes over the horizon as Especially he continues on. since Republicans are backing down from any sort of, you know, support of the second impeachment. Well, well apparently the 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment are catching serious backlash. So from, a, from just a political survival point of view, I don't blame them, but only from a political survival point amoral point of view you know yeah so uh yeah that's that's holly he is frightening um he is still a political force to be reckoned with and i really don't like where he's taking uh all of us frankly yeah so yeah so those of you out here just you know keep keep the pressure up on him in social and legal ways because that guy sucks he's still on twitter is he still on twitter oh he's still on twitter yeah oh, God. He absolutely Come still on, on twitter man. Yeah, no, he doesn't have a parlor account that I know of. Uh, maybe, maybe he does, but oh, uh, he's on parlor. I'm well, sure he's he still is. he's still a mainstreamer. He's not a vanguardist, you know. As Leonard, it's Zeskin probably like a burner account or something. I, you know what? It it's speculation at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had something like that. But no, you we know need what? to come up with a name like Finsta, but for parlor, like for the right wing sites. Well, and for any of those those of you listening, uh, throw us. Uh, uh, a review and maybe have your recommendation for a Finsta equivalent for Parlor. You know, we, we welcome everyone and, and anyone. So yeah, that was our show. Uh, Anna, how are you feeling about Josh Hawley? My feelings haven't changed. No? You, so no worse, no better? You always thought he was a, a continued danger to uh, democracy everywhere? Correct. Okay, fair enough. So yes, that was our show. Thank you to everyone around the world for listening. It's official. We have an international audience. <gasps> Thank you people in um well poland so that was really cool poland yeah yeah we have a polish audience it's amazing right i'm is it vpn i mm, no let's i don't know yeah i mean i'm not knocking i'm just surprised (laughs) are the good people of poland no uh no quality programming when they see it or listen to it so uh yeah everyone thank you for continuing to listen please like subscribe write a review share a link anywhere you get your podcast you can follow us on twitter at consequence pod also uh um, you can follow me uh, at Stop Talking Matt. Uh, yeah, Anna, you got any advice for our audience as we uh, head out for another week? Um, who said don't let the bastards get you down? Uh, um, my uncle when he drinks too much. No, it was it was a famous phrase, but I I don't know who said it, so I'm wary of giving people that that advice right. until I know who said it. Okay. Tune in next week for who, who said that line. Yeah. All right, everyone keep your heads down and remember the woke capitalists are coming for your book deals and, and they won't let you be internet millionaires or something. So good luck to us all. Sure. <laughs> Later.